So, ladies and gentlemen, this is The Nicest Guy You'll Ever Hate. I'm Jesse Lipscomb, your host. And uh, today, I hope like every day, we got a special treat for you. Today, the Soapbox Duo is here in studio. Um, introduce yourselves real quick and uh, tell us a little bit about the Soapbox Duo and where the name came from. Uh, I'm Alexander and my wife, Janessa. We're both married, so Mac Mullen is the last name we share. Yeah, and uh, we decided to start our music career off as the Soapbox Duo because the most important thing to us is using our music as a platform. And we loved the like early 1940s images of people kind of rallying others together for things that were really important, culturally, uh, politically, socially. So uh, we liked that kind of vibe and we thought, hey, how can we stand out and just be different as two people playing music together? Because it's a common thing you see guy and a girl and a guy mm -hmm. with a guitar and yeah. you know that sort of thing so we wanted to kind of set ourselves apart um, which worked really well for us um, we've been doing this we've been working under this name for three years full-time for two and a half and uh, we just did a rebrand you did you did okay we're in touch on the rebrand shortly but when you said uh, Mac Mullen is the last name we mm -hmm. share yeah. Uh, I feel like there's a story behind that, just on how you how you delivered it. Now, is it your last name? Is it a combo of oh, last names? Is it? Well, we actually did consider doing a combo. Her last name is Holowinski, super Ukrainian, Eastern European, <laughs> and um, we were like, maybe we could be like Macwinski. Right, right, yeah. Right. <laughs> but uh, well, I did introduce it so strangely, but it's not unusual. We just took the man's last name. Right. Yeah. Oh, no. Understood. Understood. Then she said, uh, yeah, we did. Oh, no. <laughs> do you, do you, okay, so how do you feel about those tropes uh, it's, in it's, general? Oh, I don't have any problem with it at all. I, like, that's how I grew up, and I think it's cool. Um, I think the idea of joining somebody else's family, being part of another person's history is kind of a cool concept. Um, and the MacMullen clan is a large one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of strange people there too. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. We just had a when we were on tour, we were in Canmore, and we had like a cousins reunion out there for that side of the family. That was great. All the under forty, all great people. <laughs> Something happens to McMullins when they like get older. Yeah. Okay. Well, tell me about some some of those dark stories of the older McMullins. Oh, McMullen. the older McMullins. Oh, it's like the I shouldn't even say they're nice people. It's fine. Say no but, real names. Make up names. Okay. They know who they are, but we all don't. They uh, are just very um, charismatic, and they don't really stick to their word often. That's my biggest. Oh, thing. all right. Yeah. They'll tell these grand stories, and mm -hmm. then. <laughs> No follow through, or they'll disappear for a long time, and there's so much quarreling. Yeah. With all, like the cousin reunion we had at the end of the tour was really great because everyone got along. We had some great stories. But there are some members that do the, you know. I'm never talking to you again, ever. Mm -hmm. And and unfriending on Facebook, and then some one of the relatives, you know, was in prison for fraud, and yeah, a bunch I of mean, other like crazy. Is he, is he or she out? No, nope. they're still oh, in prison. Yes. Maybe they are. They are, they are, they are now. Yeah. yeah. Were they at the reunion? No. no. <laughs> that's the next no. generation out. Got you. Those yeah. guys weren't at the reunion. Got you. That's, that's funny. Um, well, no, that sounds like a family. That's what that sounds like. That's right. right. Yeah, exactly. that I don't think it's unusual. No, not at all. Uh, I was talking to question about your guys' songwriting style. How do like how do how do the two of you write? I assume you write your own music. Yeah. Uh, I know you guys do some covers as well, which I've thoroughly enjoyed. But uh, you guys do write some of your own. So what is the what is the process for you guys? Normally, 
Uh, I, I like to jam a lot by myself. Right. With like a looper pedal or something, mm -hmm. just play guitar or while people are having conversations. Like Janessa is the talker of the relationship, so when we visit with people, she talks, which is perfect. I join in too, but normally I'm just playing guitar in the background. Right, right. And then randomly I'll be like, oh, like, I really like, I'll just be playing. So I'll record it. So a lot of my voice memos yeah. are just like <laughs> random clips of conversation in the background and little guitar parts. And then we'll sit together and we'll kind of talk about how we feel, what the story mm -hmm. of the song is. Mm -hmm. And then she'll get some melody ideas and then we'll work on the lyrics together. And for those who don't know, a loop, a loop pedal, uh, essentially, I mean, you can explain it, but if I'm not mistaken, it's basically, you'll record uh, some music, and then you it, it records it, and then it loops it again, you can record layer after layer after layer on it. That's right. Um, yeah. And we do that live a lot, too. Right. So I'm very... Ed, Ed Sheeran does it. Ed Sheeran yeah. does uh, yeah, that's right. that, that's <laughs> that is That's his shtick. That is his He made that very, very popular. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's an incredible thing to be able to do, especially being smaller in number. Mm -hmm. It's um, just two of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it thickens up the sound and gives me an opportunity to like play a guitar solo. Okay. Know? So I like to put people on the spot. It's a thing I do. I don't know if you've listened to any of the podcasts yet, but uh, one of the things I like to do is uh, I like to, I like to people to witness how you make a song. Um, and so uh, I, what I like to do is I'll give you the, it's very similar to what I've done before. The chorus, uh, however you want to do it, is something about the nicest guy you'll ever hate. Uh, and so whatever you do, I would like to see a live version of you trying to come up with something fun or not fun or horrible or awesome, uh, but so that the listeners can kind of get an ear into how this thing is done and how sometimes creativity can either fall flat or rise to the occasion. So the nicest guy you'll ever hate, I assume you'll strum and you'll melody it up, and I can't wait to hear it. Okay, there's a school progression I do want to write a song to, but we can use it for this example. Yeah? Which one are we doing? Okay, I came up with this on tour, and uh, I, sh okay, I showed Janessa just one time. Let's see what you can do.
that was great. Yo, we just went on the spot, freestyling, and uh, that was fun. That was really fun. That's fun. It's fun. It's really fun for people to listen and just see how how an idea just like that can turn into a thing, right? It's a good exercise yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. To really stretch yourself to come up with something on the spot. It's yeah. Like, as an actor, you guys do a lot of improv. Oh, that's right. Totally. That's right. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's so it's so great, especially when you're working with somebody else. It's that idea of you have to be connected, mm. right? I mean, if you're connected with the music, the person, which I don't assume is a problem with a beautifully married couple. <laughs> well, at first, it took a lot of work. First, playing, our voices are very different, True. and our styles are different. Mm -hmm. What I listen to, she often hates jazz music, primarily, <laughs> and uh, she likes this old school, what is it, opera rock, like Evanescence. Oh, yeah, music. yeah, oh, yeah. Stuff. I used yeah. to like, So, yeah. really different worlds, mm. but we spent a lot of time sitting together, hours, just working out kinks, and now it's totally easy. I mean, when we want to improvise on stage or she wants an extra section or anything like that, it's so subtle, you wouldn't even see it on stage, but we can follow through. With After doing 300 performances together, you get mm -hmm. used to kind of, yeah, I guess reading a person, which is... Right. And the energy, like you were saying, like, we're always on the same page. Yeah, 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 no, that's it's an important thing too, and I mean, mm -hmm. I, I imagine a lot of your, your, your life growing up just kind of dictated kind of the music uh, you're, that you're making, I totally. assume so. Um, what your parents listen to? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was playing the Bee Gees, greatest hits. Bee Gees, sure. Bill Collins, Eagles. And so, and I, and I feel like, and I'll say this too, as an artist myself, sometimes what you listen to and what you watch, but also sometimes what your childhood is like, right? Oh, and, right. Yes. So I mean, you could have the happiest song ever, but it could be in the worst time, and that's it does a thing, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so my question for both of you, and I'll start with you, have. Was life was life on a silver platter for you? Or were there some painful places that you were able to to draw some of your your inspiration mm -hmm. from? Always, you know, everybody's got a story. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, what, what's yours? As uh, growing up, I grew up with an amazing family. Like my nuclear family specifically is is fantastic. I have a younger brother, older sister, and uh, two parents that stayed together through you know the good and the bad, and um, tried to give me everything that they could. Mm -hmm. You know, I got to be in dance and I was homeschooled for like the first six years of my education. Um, so I got to be around um, my family a lot more, which was, I think, very advantageous to me growing as an artist. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, we had hard times. My, uh, I had severe anxiety. I had asthma growing up and then I went through like a super anxious period of time um, after my grandfather passed away when I was eight. And then um, my mother ended up having a depression, clinical. clinical depression, yeah, and so that was, I, I think, a little trying for just the whole family How in general. How oh, I was around that time, so I would have been like nine, yeah, yeah. nine, ten, um, and so we, you know, we're working through that, um, and then my sister, uh, well, she was probably 14 at the time, so I would have been 12, um, ended up with uh, Graves' disease, which doesn't affect very much of the population, it's fairly rare, um, but it's a disease of the thyroid, so she became fairly ill as well, um, and it, it, it affects hormones, so it changes your personality, or mm -hmm. how your personality appears, um, and she was, you know, my best friend, sibling, um, things like that, so uh, that period was really hard. The first song I actually wrote and recorded uh, professionally at 14 was called Behind a Smile, and it was about 
how sometimes I felt like the person in the family, or in a lot of social circles even, um, that was the mediator. Like, mm -hmm. I'm trying to keep things from unraveling. Mm -hmm. um, now I'd see it kind of, <laughs> I struggle with some controlling tendencies, and I think that comes from that. It right. comes from wanting yep. to make sure that, you know, everything's still going to be okay. And, yeah, it, and you, you put that smile on, and you try to make sure that you don't have things that need addressing so that you're not taking you know, causing anybody else any more strain than mm -hmm, what they're mm -hmm. already carrying. Um, so yeah, I think that was one of the places where I first felt fairly emotional about my songwriting. I Absolutely. mean, I started songwriting, I think one of the first songs I ever wrote was called Springtime, and it was about rabbits and stuff. Do you remember like the seven. lyrics? Do you remember it? My, yeah, I do. Because oh, my siblings awesome. still sing it to me. I'm glad sing you remember it. it. I'm, I'm glad we all can hear a little bit of it. <laughs> the catchy part. What's the part? Um, so Springtime is always here. It's always there. It's always square. Spring, 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 spring. Drip drops, be rabbit hop, flowers grow, I'll never know how spring puts on the very best show. Spring, 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 spring. I goes on for that. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's so cute, yeah. I, my parents bought me this little tape recorder when I was younger. Cause how old were you when you did that? Oh, six, probably. Six years old, getting melodies like that. I know. Yeah, that's pretty that's impressive. Pretty impressive. <laughs> Absolutely. It is. And way back then, you didn't have any iPhones or no. even the internet no. to look up lyrics. Yeah. So your tape recorder was your life. Hey, right? I Waiting for the radio it. turns on and like clicking record to record the chorus. I had a right. fake smile ready just in case when I said, how old are you? And you're like, uh, that was last week. Yeah, yeah. Last week. <laughs> that was me. I like that. It's like a throwback to, to single digits. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> It's no, amazing. Yeah, no, that's that is it's it's special to kind of hear those things that do shape us. Mm. Um, and as a parent, as much as I want to create the most perfect environment for my children, yes. what I'm noticing is it's it's kind of the places that you miss that really shape a lot of mm. who you become. Mm. So that means I'm just gonna do nothing now. Make them the best songwriter ever. I want my children to be super artistic. Yeah. And thus, I'm going to be hands up. Uh, all right. Well, let me ask you a very similar question. And I and I came down this road of questioning because I was reading about some of the abuse that you mm -hmm. had to go through growing up, um, and it was touched on very briefly and you know public domain for sure, but just a touch of it. But I wouldn't mind scratching the surface. And this, I don't know if you guys know about that, but me, I really like to talk about uh, the, the scratches and cracks in us, because those are the things that really unite us all. Like this totally. idea of yeah. just a like, perfect shiny thing is so nice to look at, but as aspiring to it is damn near impossible. But when you see somebody you look up to that has had some struggles, like you may have had, or yeah. can uh, resonate, it really, I think it really, as you guys want to make music that, that impacts, wouldn't mind if you touched on that uh, in this episode. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm an open book when it comes to that because, like we were saying, soapbox, right? Mm. Music is our soapbox, our platform to talk about these things. And I just want to use my story, our stories, to encourage people and unite people who are going through something like that. I mean, it would be such a shame mm -hmm. if we didn't tell anybody yeah. about these things. So uh, it's a pretty sad story. When I was 12, my dad was like a military guy, so I was under like a pretty strict hustle for my whole life. And when I was 12, someone moved in. My parents liked to 
Can I help people down this street? Well, yeah, 10. That's right. The abuse happened when I was 12. So right. when I was 10, he moved in, and they liked to help people get on their feet, and, like, you know, kind of like help them build their own life, coming from home, mm -hmm. just kind of like, because okay, going straight from home to owning your own house is a huge leap. Anyway, so this person was an abuser, and from my whole childhood all the way up until I was even 18, I was abused by that individual, and it was extremely damaging. Mm -hmm. And some of the most meaningful songs for me have come from that. I've got a whole catalog of songs. Mm -hmm. It's hard to share with people, not because I don't want to, just because it's hard for people to receive that kind of weight. Mm. And I'm happy now that people are talking about sexual abuse, not just from childhood, but mm -hmm. all around, you know, the Me Too movement and everything. Sure. The conversation is starting, so it's getting easier to talk about. Did you find that it was heavy to tell people, or did you assume it was? At first. Yeah? Yeah, like for me, it was really hard. I didn't tell anybody my secret until... What? You were 20. 20. 20 years old. So you kept it with you from 12 yeah, to 20? Yeah, I never told anybody. So the layman often says, well, why don't they just tell? Why don't they just, oh, yeah. why don't they just tell someone? I uh, and and, and I, don't, I don't know, uh, but maybe you can speak on how, why that is such a difficult thing to do. Yeah, it's, it's quite, uh, like there's so much psychology behind it. Mm -hmm. And we want to study more of it. Even going through it, some of the things I don't understand why I did what I did. Mm -hmm. You feel a lot of guilt, like it's your fault. Right. And I feel like sex is the most personal thing mm -hmm. you could possibly share with somebody, which is why I'm so confused why people just like don't sleep around. But <laughs> that's one thing. It, for me, it's so special, right? Mm -hmm. Janessa and I have that, and we only share it with each other. So when someone like takes that from you, it's it's like, I feel like it's the heaviest thing that can happen to someone. Mm -hmm. You feel responsible, you feel like shame, because now maybe you've been ruined or soiled, you're not really worth mm -hmm. a lot. Mm -hmm. So there's that, and you don't want to tell people because you don't want them to accuse you of something, sure. or yeah. get angry, or yeah. start this huge commotion. And I was a really quiet kid, yeah. didn't really feel comfortable sharing things with, especially not my family, right? Right, right. Coming from more of a strict household, you feel like you'd get in trouble or something. Did do you start music at an early age? No, I was such a late bloomer. 16 yeah. is when I started playing guitar. Right. And then 17, I think I started writing some music. It's not super late. I mean, Amos Lee didn't start until he was 27. Like, <laughs> wow. I know. He gave me hope, but I still haven't learned. <laughs> just, I just bought it. Oh, hey! <laughs> well, it is never too late. Yeah, yeah uh, that's fair. Imagine if I started younger. I know, I know. So then at 16, you were still in, in, in the heat of it. You were still yeah. in that. So uh, did, did music help you through? Totally. And was it writing that helped you, listening that helped, or, or singing? Um... Playing was helpful, singing, and just kind of getting my... I feel like music is the great communicator, mm -hmm. and it's hard for me to express myself through words, but through a song, I can perfectly describe how I feel. Do you remember a song between those years of when you were 16 to 20 that yeah. really resonates with you? Um, let's see. I have so many. I feel like when you said that, asked that question, mm -hmm. when a song came to mind, it's called Naive. 
and I wrote it when I was like 21, yeah. I told Janessa yeah. about yeah. it, and we started the legal process against this person, right. and he did go to jail, yeah. which is awesome, you know, to put him away so he didn't yeah. hurt other people, Absolutely. because he was hurting other people. Mm-hmm. And that song, I think, perfectly captures all those years, right, right. the pain. Well, I think... If, would you mind? I could play yeah, it for please, you, for please. sure. You were going to say something? Well, I was going to say part of the... Uh, surviving of it is is putting that away too right so mm-hmm. not allowing yourself to even think like he's how did you describe it? you said it was like no like third, yeah third person yeah even thinking mm-hmm. back to who i was before mm-hmm. i met janessa mm-hmm. it's like a different person yeah i always tell jen my life started when i met you right because i felt like i could finally open up mm-hmm. and put all that behind me mm-hmm. and throughout the process like i was addicted to drugs and I still like it was like a separate person, sure, kind of yeah, separated yeah. from me. Yeah, interesting. Well, th- thank you for sharing, and yeah. in advance for sharing what you're about to do. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this song is called Naive. Here we go. Sleep didn't want to stay, had to get away. 
that's, uh, I feel like, I feel like that spoke to a lot of people. I feel like you said a lot of things that people maybe couldn't put words to. Right, right. and even for myself, mm -hmm. when I wrote that song, I felt like there was so much release, like I could finally really express how I felt. Right, right. Change of tone. Haiti. Yes. Mm -hmm. How was this? It was amazing. How long were you there? Why did you go? You guys went to Haiti. That's so amazing. I know. It's such a... <laughs> again, it's just something we're really passionate about, kind of raising a voice for things. You hear about Haiti, you think of the earthquake, poverty, mm -hmm. all those sorts of things. Maybe uh, voodoo, right? You know, a dangerous religion. Sure. And or even the beautiful people who are there in a the beautiful land, which often stories don't get told about. That's and that's right. the story we wanted to share. I know share. this is true. That was all you... <laughs> yeah, we, uh, I first went to Haiti in 2006, mm -hmm. and Why did uh, you know that? I was attending a church at the time that was taking a group down there because the pastors of the church had adopted, mm -hmm. and so they started getting connected with people in Haiti, and um, we were, I think we were helping with a project with uh, setting up some stuff at a church down there, and, um, and visiting an orphanage where one of the, their next kids that they were adopting were staying at. Because in Haiti, it's a quite a long adoption process. Mm -hmm. So you'll often go and visit your child before you're able to bring them back. So that was part of what I was there for. Um, but when I first went, I just fell in love with the culture and the people. And uh, uh, we joke about this all the time, but I always wanted to be black. Because I was like, I just think the Both black people are just cooler. So cool. And, uh, uh, I'll take it from a black person. You may want to reconsider uh, all of wanting to be black. It's not all, it's kind of, it's pretty rough uh, for a lot of them. However, yes, yes we are cool as shit. Uh -huh. Cool, yeah. beautiful, yes. Great very skin. True. Mm -hmm. There are ups and downs too, to all the things that were handed in life. Yes. But um, I, yeah, I just, I grew up in a small town. I grew up in Sunny Plain. And there wasn't a whole lot of people there from any of those any different country, really. It's mm -hmm. <laughs> kind of predominantly Caucasian. So uh, when I got to go, I was like, man, I love these people. I love connecting. And um, so I went three other times over the next few years. Um, the most recent time was actually a few weeks before the earthquake. Mm -hmm. And then I hadn't been back because I no longer attended at the church anymore. I had, didn't have connections there and, or ways to kind of get back um, until a few years later, and then when we had met, I had talked about it, because I, uh, I just love the country, and I have a bunch of things in my house from Haiti and stuff like that, so um, we decided we wanted to go, and I had a friend from, she actually lives in Ontario, and she has a thing there called Floriana Wedding Dress Project, mm -hmm. and they take wedding dresses and they um, either sell them or rent them out uh, to people, and it creates jobs in the industry um, for Haitians. And so we're like, hey, we'll, we'll go and see what you guys are up to and get to actually see the country and see some of my friends who I hadn't seen in years at this point. Like, I've had some friends for 10 years already. Yeah. Um, so that was really amazing to be able to do that. And we thought, well, why go and just have the experience ourselves when we can hire a director to come with us and just show what, just show what it was like. So where is this documentary? Where can we see it? It's on YouTube yeah. under our Soapbox Duo YouTube page. Yeah. And it's free. It's like 20 minutes long. Mm -hmm. And who shot it? Let's shout out to your team. Yeah. 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 Justin Brunel of Moving Artistry Productions. Yeah. He also has a YouTube page called Mile 30 Adventures. Awesome. awesome. I think he does amazing work. 
and he's an amazing person, mm-hmm. which makes him. for the perfect team member yeah, for us. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, we need somebody who's willing to travel in... in <laughs> all he had was one camera and a backpack. Exactly. That's all we could bring for yeah, the whole yeah, week. Yeah, and yeah. It yeah. was really crazy. And he loves adventure. He loves to be... He doesn't mind being put, um, you know, in a corner, in a corner, uh, or in an awkward situation sure, or sure. whatever. Like, he's yeah. just so good at handling anything. Yeah. It just all just rolls off of him. And, um, he's so positive too. Um, I'm a fairly serious person. So having someone like him around is just like, it's an encouragement to me and a reminder like, yeah, things are, the best. things are cool. Yeah, things yeah, are yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, and his work, yeah, is incredible. We first worked with him on the set of a pilot for a series, a web series called Heart Song. Mm-hmm. Um, about a woman with Alzheimer's, and um, we were featured as Soapbox, who were playing one of our songs in like a cafe in the scene, right. and uh, we met him there, and we really kind we of liked him, and he, he loved our song, and we connected, yeah, and we were sure to like keep in touch with someone who was really for us, Yeah, yeah and yeah. we ended up most recently taking him to film our new music video. Oh, okay, well, that's, this is nice, this is a good segue to talk about your new brand. So, yeah, yeah. so that's what we'll do. We'll roll into that. We'll put the uh, we'll put the link in the bio so people can come check check sure. it out. But uh, before we get to rapid fire, which is what we finished with, okay. some questions. I want you to just give me a little bit about your your new brand. Uh, what is that? Why the change? And what's going on? Okay, so we were Soapbox Duo, and now we are Genesia, and Yay. we chose to do that because we're coming up with a new album. It's good timing, and we're moving in sort of a different direction where we started when we first came up with our album. We just got married. We just started putting our music mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. And some songs were written by her, some from me. And then I think two of them are together. Yeah. So this next album is all together, right? And we have the idea of where we're going. So it's we've, had, we've played a lot of shows now, too. So we understand right. what songs um, that we've written and what covers we've done that, that resonate a lot with people. Mm-hmm. So just observing that has changed our writing, and the, we found when you go to jazz school, there's a lot of pretension against mm-hmm. uh, basic chords. You gotta yeah, see, you gotta do like a C seven sharp nine or something if you want it to be cool. Yeah, it was uh, not really a C. Yeah, it's yeah. Good, yeah. yeah, so it's it, you know there's a lot of snubbing of, of people in the in the pop world because sometimes we only see, I guess, the celebrity part of it. Mm-hmm. So, anyways. Um, we didn't talk very much about the pop music that we liked, and then when we started realizing, oh yeah, like, I really like, you know, like Amy Winehouse or like Adele stuff or Beyonce. Beyonce is my favorite female mm-hmm. vocalist out there. Yeah, and for those of you who don't know, Beyonce, she's a uh, <laughs> musician out there, um, just starting her career. Yeah, check her out. She's she's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So uh, through that process, we were like, oh, you know, this is what we like, and. We were both playing guitar and both singing when we first started. Right. And now we've kind of realized, I spend a lot of time working on vocal stuff. He spends a lot of time working on instrumentation. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, I'll, you know, I'll bust my butt and really just, like, I'll catch up to him on guitar. And it's like, no. Yeah. In reality, that's not my gifting. It's not, you know, not that I don't play ever. I still play. But I want to move. Right. I want to perform. I want to use my hands. I want to express myself. And... You know, and he's just really honed into more of the guitar. So we're like, okay, how do we Player create strengths. this like guitar pop? Right, and that thing. this is why the new brand is a uh, partly. Yeah. And another thing we found with our name being Soapbox, mm-hmm. 
um, in younger generations, getting on your soapbox, yeah, being talking preachy, at people. That's right. Yeah, yes. kind of a little yeah, negative yeah. among yeah. those crowds. Mm -hmm. So we want to especially like speak to younger kids because if someone's going through what I went through, mm -hmm. that's the time to talk about it. Right, right. And we want to go into schools. Yeah. So we want to be really approachable and having a name. Yeah. Is easier to connect with. Like yeah. if you look at all the top players out there, like there's all names. Yeah. Shawn Mendes, Ariana Grande, Taylor right. Swift, Katy right. Perry. And uh, we decided to just do a name. And we chose to do a sort of like her name from birth. That's a long story. But anyway, it is her name, but we're still a duo. And I was the one who pushed for it, not her. Yeah. Because we wanted something simple, easy to remember, and Unique. something we owned all the name platforms on. Mm -hmm. Like if you look up Genesee Music, yeah. we have like all the Facebook, Instagram yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, wow, it is so hard to come up with a unique band name, yeah. we realized. Yeah, but there's only one of you, so it's easy, you know? You're recreating a thing that's already as unique as it comes, which is pretty special. Mm -hmm. As is your music, from what I've been listening to. I'm glad, I'm glad I got to uh, uh, listen to you guys and, and meet you in person and hear you live, and that we could do this, because uh, this has been fun. Yeah. But we can't, can't stop without doing some rapid fire questions. Okay, rapid fire. All right. <laughs> and uh, basically, whoever jumps in first gets to answer the question. No repeaters here, whoever feels like it's good. So boom. Okay. What's your biggest fear? Uh, spiders. Boom. Okay. <laughs> biggest regret? Mm, not learning music earlier. Ooh, yeah. Alright. You have one. Being manipulated by people. Ooh. Ooh. Scratch. We're stopping. Rapid fire's no. not slowing. Tell us about that. That is a story. Tell us about that. Oh, tell us if you I've can, never I, talked I about to, this. I want you to give it to us. And who, who you, you can say who if you want, call them out. So they don't manipulate other people. Put them in podcast prison. Oh my gosh. Uh, I shy away from this because I, I don't like the idea of... of Yeah, or of religion being, like, talked bad about. Mm -hmm. um, because I still believe in God, but I was part of a church that turned out to be really cultish. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, for almost ten years of my life. And it was a really... There was a lot of like slow, controlling manipulation that happened, and um, it always felt like I was on eggshells, and I was trying to like always get things right, but um, I was worried that people were going to get upset with me or disappointed, right. or you know, I'd get 11 emails and three phone calls, and and you weren't allowed to do anything unless they said it was okay. Yeah, everything, like that. everything I did with my finances, everything that I did with my, right. we had to like. 15 minute increments of time, how did you spend your day, you know, like, yeah. crazy level stuff. Which can be okay for some people if, like, you really want to get your life on track, but it wasn't that way. True. So, would you advise any uh, young women looking to go into the music scene to enter this trip? No. You wouldn't? Okay, because you're walking on eggshells right now, and you have the opportunity to let them know not to go there. What church are you talking about? <laughs> it's called Global Connections, and it's in Spruce Grove. Um, and perhaps they've changed how they are now. It's weird how we protect people but. who've done stuff to us. Yeah, it's true. Right? It's like human nature. Yeah. You know? Right? You don't want a bad mouth if anyone. We're saying it's one of your biggest regrets, yet you want to protect them not even knowing. Yeah, and, I, and I've never said that because, yeah, I guess maybe, maybe I still have a level of fear there. You know, yeah. I don't want to, you know, maybe I was, you know, maybe I was responsible, maybe, you know, all those things, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and you hear about so we just talked about yeah, the, yeah, that's right? that guilt and shame in the it same is. game, regardless of where it comes from. Yeah, 
Mm. And I'm not the only one with that experience, too. So I, I, I can soberly say, like, I, it wasn't an isolated thing. But still, even with those layers of support from other people saying, oh, yes, this also happens to me, mm -hmm. and this also wasn't okay. Right. And uh, even with that, it's, it's hard. Yeah. And I still have people that I love very much uh, that are there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and maybe, maybe, maybe that alone right there has helped someone else get out of something that might have been detrimental. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I will say, before we move yes. on, no matter where you look in any people group, religious organization, anywhere, there are going to be good people and there will be bad people, no matter what they believe. Hmm, interesting. I, I, I can change that. I have to say that I wholeheartedly disagree with you on that. You one. do. I, I definitely do. I do not. I do not think that uh, that the, I'll call it a cop up without offense to say that mm -hmm. there will just be good and bad people everywhere you go. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, I, but I disagree. You I, disagree. I, yeah, oh. I feel like uh, like for example, we're in a room right now with a small studio audience. And I do not believe that there's anyone bad in this room at their heart. I believe cultivating good people together and being very clear of what your journey and your path is will keep that, that group uh, a, a little clearer. The potential, sure, but I, I, I truly believe people are good mm -hmm. at, at their heart all the time. And that they've been, right. that, but this is just, this is where my belief is on that. Right. But I just don't want to chop it up to, well, that's a bad person. And they're, they're going to be in every group. I just, I just, I won't accept it personally because I have, I have faith in the human condition, you know. Well, I think this yeah. is a big conversation mm -hmm. that we could dive into. But should, I just yeah, don't want people yeah. to go to church and then be disappointed. It's like, well, there are people who are going to disappoint you no matter what. You know? yeah. Yeah, yeah, disappoint maybe is a better way to say it. Yeah. Because yeah, there are people. No one's out there like I'm a bad guy. Yeah. Well, yeah, sure. Yeah, that's the, that's the scary part. Right. Right. I mean, I think often right. bad quote unquote guys don't know that's the case. Right. The best villains actually are relatable, you know, even in, yeah. in movies and, and, and in real life. It's not just... Right. That's why I like Thanos. Yes, and exactly. I'm saying Thanos is that, and so is uh, Killmonger, right? I mean, it's not, I don't think, life's not binary, and neither is good and bad. But I digress, mm -hmm. as we... This is rapid, hey? We're on question two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, we'll do a couple more. Uh, both of your favorite musician? Beyonce. Beyonce, Beyonce, Beyonce. Beyonce. And would you want to do a duet with those, or is there someone else you'd rather duet with? Ooh. Wow. Uh, I would love to have a guitar solo duet with John Mayer. Okay. That'd be all yeah. Right. Me. I'd do me. it. I'd probably duet with maybe Christina Aguilera. Oh well, lucky mm -hmm. both of them are avid listeners, so you can just ask them <laughs> right now. Oh hey John, you know, yeah. just send me a message. Yeah. Send us your music. Let's cool. hang out. Let's <laughs> do this. Right on. Okay, that's great. And I'll finish with. Ooh yeah, that's true. Both of you, separate questions, thirty seconds each. What happens when we die? happens when we die? Well, your body goes on the ground and that's that. And I believe that there's this part of you, this like soul or this essence, that when you meet people, like you feel this spiritual connection. So mm -hmm. I feel like that lives on. Okay. And go, I honestly, I have a lot of questions that I still have to yeah, yeah, figure yeah. out. No one really knows. I yeah. feel like we still do live on. Cool. Mm -hmm. uh, I would echo that similarly. Um, I believe that we are, that there's a transcendence to our being as well. Um, and I'm from the belief that, you know, we have an opportunity to meet our creator, mm -hmm. and uh, that's God, and through Jesus, and that we can do that by being honest. Like you said, just being a, an honest person and, and getting, getting right with other people, right with ourselves, and being... 
yeah, being willing to, I guess, admit, admit our faults when we have them and, and live out a life of, of purpose. Perfect. <laughs> uh, always want to get a little church in there. Uh, now, I didn't mention that we had a very small studio audience out there, but we're only going to have time for one question. Uh, so, uh, is there anyone out there who would like... Oh, yes, you. Go ahead, sir. Mm -hmm. um, I want to know, what is your favorite memory from your music career so far? Oh, boy. Favorite memory? Well, the show we had last Saturday was really exciting for me. We played with four horn players and a full band. And there are people there excited about, for us. And just feeling the energy from everybody put my performance on a different level. You know, when you can really feel it, sit in the music. Yeah, it was the most freeing physical performance that I think we've ever had as well. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite highlights would probably be performing in front of 2,500 students at the Northlands um, for something called Power In Me. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. a youth or young person empowerment thing. Um, yeah, I spoke there too. Neat. Right. Yeah, there yeah. we go. That was the first time. That's, that's yes. I don't, right. That's the first time we actually talked. That's the first time yes, we talked. Yeah, you played. You played. Talk. That's yeah. right. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> now, I, now I remember this. Ha! Well, look at that. Loved the environment. I was gonna play his guitar so hardy, he broke a string. I did break a string. Yeah. yeah, and I, my finger was bleeding. <laughs> I just really went at it. Uh, I love it. Uh, well, that was a question from uh, from Mark Dillon. That's uh, the Mark Dillon. And uh, thank you for giving us your socials. You can find them at themarkdillon.com. Um, and we, sorry, we couldn't take any more questions. But right now, maybe you could uh, strum us out as I outro us. And sure. then who knows? Maybe you'll jump in with some freestyles. All right. Um, <laughs> Rock and roll. Ladies and gentlemen, that was uh, the nicest guy you'll ever hate. Uh, we started off with Soapbox Duo, and we ended with the brand new brand. Genesia. Genesia. Uh, you'll be able to find Genesia on their social medias, which are? Uh, it'll be under Genesia Music. That's across Twitter, that's Instagram. It's all that. You got a Musical.ease account? A Musical.ease? No. Oh, you better get on musically. What? What? That's where all the kids are. Man, this is why we come to you. Yes, yes it is. All right, guys, this was fun. Uh, join us next time, and we have another wonderful guest. Don't know if we'll talk. I don't know if nothing can talk. This was really special. Thank you for opening up. Yes, that was really cool, and I'm excited to watch your career progress as it should. You too, and thanks so much for having us.
Awesome, awesome, awesome. Aw, thanks, Jesse. And one hard clap.